for future economic trends. This is BizTalk. Hello, welcome to this edition of BizTalk. I'm Zhang Jufeng in Beijing. With the global development beset by challenges and world economy on a downward trajectory, world leaders gather in Southeast Asia for the G20 summit in Bali, Indonesia, and APEC in Bangkok, Thailand. With two major events, the world will strengthen solidarity and cooperation, coordinate macroeconomic policies, and work concertedly for strong, sustainable, inclusive, and balanced growth of the world economy. To discuss more about this, we are joined by four distinguished guests. Nelson Wong, Vice Chairman and Executive Director of Shanghai Center for Rimpac Strategic and International Studies. He joins us from Abu Dhabi. Hello, Nelson. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. We also have Professor Bert Hoffman, Director of East Asian Institute of National University of Singapore and Professor in Practice at the Lee Kuan Yew School. And Professor Hoffman used to be working with the World Bank. Welcome to our show. Thanks for having me. Great. We also have from Bangkok, Dr. Pai Chi. He's a Vice Chairman and Secretary General of Thai Chamber of Commerce in China. He joins us from Bangkok. Welcome. Hello, everyone. And we also have Juan Pablo. He's the President of the Uruguayan Association of Exporters. He joins us from Shanghai. Hello. Thanks for having me here. The world faces a volatile and difficult policy environment as people everywhere feel the impact of challenges in geopolitical tensions, deglobalization, inflation, food insecurity, and supply chain shortages. Looking ahead, there's also a gloomy global economic outlook on the horizon. Multilateralism and cooperation is still key to enhancing economic and financial coordination and finding common ground in tackling the challenges of economic recovery, the pandemic, and climate change. Well, gentlemen, the 2022 G20 summit in Bali, Indonesia, and APEC in Bangkok, Thailand brought together the major economies' leaders in a physical meeting for the first time since the pandemic began three years ago. How important are such two gatherings for global governance and the global economy? Starting from you, Professor Hoffman. Uh, I think it's a very important meeting. It's a critical time in the world economy, as you said, and there's a lot of. Big issues is in the context of of worldwide inflation. There is now an adjustment of monetary policies, which drives up interest rates, which gives a lot of fallout for developing countries that that need to borrow, and therefore their borrowing cost goes up.、Uh, there is, of course, still the disruptions of COVID nineteen. Getting the group together again after more than three years is is, I think, very important. The bilaterals are important. We had a wonderful bilateral. Between、uh, President Biden and President Xi, and I think that was、uh, that was very good to stabilize the relationship.、Uh, but more broadly, the the economic issues、uh, at hand are important, and I think the the agenda is very substantive from Indonesia. We we're going to see a, a reasonably good outcome and a way forward. Yeah. And now to Nelson. And Nelson, you are attending some very important forums in Abu Dhabi and also in Europe. I guess、uh, those、uh, guests and strategies to, from Europe and、uh, from the Middle East are also paying attention to G20 and APEC. The world,、uh, as our anchor has correctly pointed out,、uh, the world is in a very difficult time, and we are sailing into uncharted waters.、Uh, but 
with the G20 summit and the APEC meeting, I think the whole world is uh, is getting very excited because our leaders are finally meeting with each other physically instead of online, which is different. Right, Dr. Paichet, tell us how, how excited the city, how important is the APEC meeting to Bangkok? In terms of the theme of G20, which is what uh, common recovery and, and strong recovery, I think is is the it reflect the the whole world aspiration. You know that we need to maybe recover from from what we have lost. I understand that this is the very first time in several years that the G20 leaders right now, you know, will uh, this time, you know, will meet, you know, in person. I personally do believe that uh, uh, the G20 and of course the EPEC will be a very stepping stone, you know, for the world at this time, at this point of time, you know, to recover, you know, from what we have lost in the past few years. The multilateral event in such an international environment of global uncertainties cannot come at a better time. It is also the first in-person attendance at the G20 and APEC meetings since the outbreak of the COVID pandemic three years ago. It comes as the world increasingly turns to China and the broader Asia-Pacific region for recovery solutions. The events will help international society reaffirm commitment to open economic cooperation and the removal of trade barriers. Professor Bert Hoffman, you're in Singapore. You were used to be with the World Bank. Let me ask you your assessment of China's role in uh, the G20 and APEC. I mean, China plays a very important role in in both. And if you uh, recall, the the G20 is really a, a child of crisis. Uh, and of course, China was one of the chairs uh, when I was the country director for the World Bank in China uh, in 2015. Uh, the uh, China, of course, hosted the G20, and it was a very successful G20. Uh, one has to say, though, that, that at the current stage, it, it, it's, it, the G20 it remains very important. And China is really quite central. The, 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 the agenda that China has put forward uh, uh, over the years uh, remains very relevant. And of course, China is now the second largest economy in the world. Uh, a lot of people looking at China. China will also be an important factor in the recovery of the world economy. Uh, the prospects of the IMF are not that positive, including for China, but for the world economy, 2.8% growth projected for next year is really very low. And some would say that's already a global recession. So China's growth and China's recovery is is very important in this whole, uh, this whole global picture as well. And to Juan Pablo, Mr. You've been staying in China for uh, some 20 years, but you're here representing the uh, exporters' interest of uh, Uruguay. Uh, Uruguay is part of the APEC uh, economic circle. Tell us uh, uh, what is uh, your understanding of the importance of G20 and uh, APEC. G20 is, uh, is, uh, is probably the most important ever. Uh, it started well. I'm sure in 10 years from now, uh, we'll probably look back at this, uh, at this uh, G20s as a milestone uh, for, the, for the humanity prosperity. At the end of the day, uh, we all know 85% of the world's economy output is, is represented by, by these 20 countries, 75% of the world trade. So it is extremely important in this, in this period of, of great uh, instability. Let's hope that then the teams 
of the of the big leaders of President Mr. Xi and President Biden uh, will then follow up uh, on the on the alignments between the two countries and really have the uh, the intention of uh, improve in a constructive way, uh, putting on aside the prejudices and really. Um, and really looking at, at, at an improvement of the, on the overall world situation with, with, with certain positivity. I'm very confident about, about it. Right. Coming up next, with the world's eyes on Southeast Asia, the G20 and APEC will consider a concerted recovery policy combined with an open economy in the Asia-Pacific and the world. Hopefully there will be put on a side uh, the divergences that still will be there, but uh, focus on solving the major issues of the economy. Constructive meeting between the US and China, the leaders give a very good kickstart, not only to uh, G20 and EPIC summit, okay, but also I think to the world. Want to learn about world affairs in a more laid-back and accessible manner? Join insiders, experts and analysts in the casual setting of the chat lounge to hear their personal experiences and opinions on major events and hot issues. Subscribe to Chat Lounge for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. A meeting of world leaders from the Group of 20 Nations on the island of Bali. Indonesia's G20 presidency offers a unique opportunity for global leaders to deliver more inclusive, sustainable economic solutions. By gathering so many leaders together, G20 meetings offer rare opportunities to develop close relations on the creation of foreign policy and to recast bilateral ties. And Nelson, to you, uh, let's look at some detailed themes of these uh, events, the G20 events uh, theme set by Indonesia. Let me quote, global health architecture, sustainable energy transition. Of course, the world is going on energy crisis. We can even say and digital transformation. Everyone wants a digital transformation. How relevant are these issues to the world, Nelson? Well, the, the, the setting of the agenda this time for the G20 uh, represents uh, basically uh, all the major challenges our world is facing at the moment. Uh, disruption of uh, uh, supply chain of global food and energy supply chain is quite apparent, actually. Also, the digital transformation is, of course, a matter of, you know, course for our world economy. And uh, but what I would like to point out is that, yes, the whole world is looking at 2023 as being a year of not that bright. Actually, people are predicting a global recession for 2023. However, I think this is what this G20 meeting is going to be very important. And this is exactly why China's recovery is going to be so important. 
is going to be so important, not only because China is the second largest economy in the world, but also let us do not forget that China is the major and biggest trading partner of over a hundred countries. So that's why the economy of China is very much interwoven with the rest of the world. So this is why I believe, you know, this G20 summit is going to be so important. Mm. And Juan, do you want to add your point on this? What's your understanding of the themes of G20? Do you have any other issues that you think bear no less significance? I fully agree what, with what has been said, because, you know, these topics are so important that now are not just the top of mind of the government, the political leaders, the think tanks. This is really relevant to the society, the common people. Uh, look at the COVID, for example. Everybody is demanding focus on healthcare investment, uh, on health-related infrastructure, the vaccines, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and the sustainable energy transition is somehow related because it's for the good of the planet, right? Uh, as well as digitalization uh, will improve efficiencies, will improve uh, productivity, will improve uh, uh, people's life. So certainly, uh, the the outcome uh, of the G20, uh, the the fact that hopefully there will be put on aside uh, the divergences that still will be there, but uh, focus on on the recovery, uh, on on solving the major issues of the economy and the plan that that will uh, that will certainly be extremely extremely important uh, to all different sides uh, of companies to recover uh, their production, their profitability, uh, their jobs creation, uh, and then their trading, and then as well the consumer confidence that at the end of the day is, is, uh, is fundamental for a healthy de development uh, uh, of, uh, of, the, of the producers and the suppliers. Embrace the vision of an Asia-Pacific community with a shared future. The Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Forum was established in 1989 and has become the preeminent economic forum in the region. As a host of this year's APEC meeting, the Thai government aims to play the role of mediator, help lower trade tensions between APEC economies and steer the APEC ship forward under the theme of Open, Connect, Balance. Thailand announces the theme for APEC 2022, Open, Connect, and balance. I think this open, connect, and balance theme of uh, APEC 2022, uh, officially it means open to all opportunities, connected in all dimensions, and balanced in all aspects. Mr. Pache, what's your understanding of the theme? The, the theme that uh, we propose this year to open up, you know, all the things, you know, in terms of business opportunities, and of course, we want to move forward you know, in detail, uh, we probably have heard about the BCG, Green Industries, that I think uh, what the world is moving toward for. We, we all agree that, you know, after 30 years of development here in Thailand, we put, you know, the, a lot of uh, investment on the heavy industries that, on another hand, also, of course, destroy our environments but you know for the next 30 years we also do hope that with the BCG you know the strategies you know we will move environments 
you know, as the core of the development, and of course, uh, uh, develop our economy sustainably. Okay, uh, so we also would like, of course, uh, to learn from from China, as China has, uh, I think, learned, you know, uh, experienced this kind of uh, issues, you know, for several years after being the factory of the world. Uh, so the green economies, digital economies, you know, and and several things, even common prosperities, uh, are also the things that uh, not only Thailand but also I think the APEC members can learn from China. So with the uh, very proactive role of China, I think uh, APEC, you know, can be more successful and and bring many things into realities, you know, quicker. Right. And uh, Professor Hoffman, you're from uh, NUS and Singapore is part of APEC. How do you understand uh, the APEC 2022 theme, Open, Connect and Balance? These themes are very, very important. Uh, but, but I have to say that, that and, and it's great that APEC meets again. Again, it's wonderful if leaders meet and have time and space to, to exchange points of view. I have to say that right now APEC is in a bit of a difficult bind. And the competition is fierce because uh, remember APEC started in 1989. It was really to sort of connect across the Pacific, uh, but the United States seems to have lost a little bit of an interest in using APEC as a vehicle for further integration. Mm. Uh, as a fact, integration uh, uh, trade full stop. Uh, so Asia has been moving ahead, and you mentioned RCEP already, of course. The CPTPP is an interesting one, the, mm -hmm. the, the now Japan-led uh, organization, because that is actually across the Pacific, uh, where also Peru and, and, and Chile are members. So they are APEC members, and they're also CPTPP members. That seems to be a good vehicle to sort of move ahead. Coming up next, the 2022 G20 meeting and APEC will also help shift global agenda towards the interest of developing Asia-Pacific economies. China's investment in infrastructure in the region, from the, the railways to allow the, uh, the railways in Indonesia, the ports in Indonesia, airports, are all very positive for further integration. In 10 years from now, we'll probably look back at as a milestone. wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get an hour wavelength every week to find out what's real with China-Africa talk. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there. Reconnecting the dynamic region of the Asia-Pacific to support world recovery. The Asia-Pacific region is a growing hub for trade and investment that fosters open markets, creates jobs and drives economic growth. It is also the first time in the same year that the G20 and APEC take place in Southeast Asia. Ensuring food security in the region and boosting development of the digital economy topped the APEC agenda this year. Southeast Asia has been hosting 
a number of global meetings lately. It also leads the world in economic recovery this year. Very upbeat. The whole region, 700 million people, is China's largest trading partner, surpassing North America and the European Union for quite a few years now. So, what's the significance of China? ASEAN economic tie, and what implications that this tie has for other international relations.、Uh, let's start from you, Dr. Paichi. If you look at this this region,、uh, it will be the 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 best region that stay between, of course,、uh, the two populous countries like China and India. So, if if ASEAN can link those two countries together, you know, Asia. You know, or Asian region will be even stronger you know, in in the future.、Uh, of course, in terms of trade, in terms of FTA and expanded like FTA ASEAN plus three plus India, Australia, New Zealand, and to other region as well. And、uh, as we all know that、uh, just last year,、uh, they have also developed you know into ASEAN. The regional economic partnership cooperation.、Uh, this type of、uh, development, fast development, of course, will bring you know the trade, you know, as the key mechanism in order to to push the region forward in terms of、uh, economic development. And of course, the the ASEAN itself, at this point of time, they also、uh, develop into the、uh, economic community or common market. Where we can move, you know, all the factor of endowments in terms of、uh, like labor, technology, or even、uh, financial factors, you know, all around the region, you know, more freely. Let's、uh, look at the global picture. Can the business world raise their hope for more recovery now? In terms of the outlook、uh, into the future,、uh, I think. Confidence is very important. So the world will have to work together to get rid of all the differences that we might have, and uh, uh, use the talent, use the wisdom of our ancestors and of our today, of us today, to to find our way forward. After a few years of rising unilateralism. Multilateralism seems to have taken back some lost ground.、Uh, do you agree with such opinion?、Uh, what's your observation、uh, from you, Dr. Feichek? In the past decade, I think the unilateral has been、uh, on the rise, and even the protectionism is also coming back to the pictures.、Uh, I still believe in the the win-win collaboration. On the multilateralism, I also、uh, do hope that you know the、uh, unilateralism will be slowed down, will be reduced, and will go back to more of the regionalism and and multilateralism, you know,、uh, so that we can、uh, grow stronger in the futures, you know, from next year on. As an intergovernmental forum dedicated to promoting free trade and investment, APEC has expanded to address other key issues such as energy and sustainable development. Innovative funding is needed to stimulate investment and to encourage fund transfer to developing countries. 
It is hoped that all parties will work to build consensus and advance cooperation on promoting environmental protection and implementing the UN 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. I think、uh, after the Paris Accord and also the Glasgow、uh, Agreements on carbon reduction, major economies have promised to cut reduction. So, how do economies, developed economies and developing economies, between、uh, balance between social welfare, economic recovery, and carbon reduction goals at such a time of global energy supply disruptions? The incentive. Uh, and the reasoning behind going green is very much shared around the world. But、uh, the problem we're facing at the moment、uh, is how you can make the developed countries to agree with all the developing countries in terms of the use of clean energy and、uh, to to reduce emission of carbon dioxide and. And Professor Hoffman, let me ask you very briefly, because、uh, Nelson just mentioned that developed economies should assist、uh, developing economies in in reducing uh, carbon. Uh, what's your assessment? No question. Yes, and and as a fact, that was agreed in Paris that there would be help from developing developed countries to developing countries. The Paris Agreement is fantastic, but it's not enough. So the more developing countries can do, and developed countries can do. The better. The problem with with developing countries, it's not actually no longer technology. If you look at technology,、uh, thanks to great inventions around the world, thanks to China's scale,、uh, uh, renewable energy is actually already cost competitive. But for developing countries, because their risk premiums are higher, finance is the problem. So, developing the finance to finance the renewable energy in developing countries is going to be absolutely crucial. And some of it's happening. A lot more needs to be done. Great, thank you for your input. Right, the G20 Bali summit is the first multilateral summit the top Chinese leaders attend after the successful conclusion of the 20th National Congress of the Communist Party of China. And China's attendance at the ASEAN APEC economic leaders meeting is also an important act of China's head of state diplomacy towards Asia Pacific. This fully shows the high importance. China attaches to the Asia Pacific economic cooperation and the world at large. Now, thanks again to our guests, our four very distinguished guests, to Mr. Nelson Wong, Vice Chairman and、uh, Executive Director of Shanghai Center for Rimpak Strategic and International Studies. Also, we thank、uh, Professor Bert Hoffman, Director of East Asian Studies Institute of National University of Singapore. Dr. Panchit, Vice Chairman of、uh, Secretary General of Thai Chamber of Commerce in China, and also we thank Juan Pablo, President of Uruguayan Association of Exporters. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for your input. And with that, we come to the end of this episode of Biz Talk. I'm Zhenjufeng. See you next time.